0: From CNU 23 in Dallas, this is the Strong Towns Podcast. everybody. This is Chuck Marone with Strong Towns back in the Adolphus Hotel in Dallas at CNU 23. I have the Andersons across the table from me, John Anderson and Monty Anderson. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. Say that again. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. You're, you're now live. It, the mic was shut off. So.
1: No, uh, thanks, Chuck. Anderson and Anderson, actually no relation. Yeah? Yeah. Just like the 85 Andersons in the St. Paul phone book.
0: But they're not related? No. <laughs> what are you saying?
1: No. <laughs> no, Monty's actually from a much better family than I am, so. Yeah, I'm not sure about that.
0: But. <laughs> um, I, I think before we get started, we have to do the obligatory Minnesota weather conversation. Oh, yeah. How, how's the, how'd the weather been for you, John?
1: Well, you know, my shoulder hurts, I tell you. Is it? Oh, it, yeah. It's been a little rough? Oh, a little rough.
0: Is the winter hard for you?
1: Winter's always hard for me, but I worry about the children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting for that bus a long time. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's 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 a little chilly out today, but it's supposed to it's supposed to brighten up and the week goes on. You know. Oh, they always say that. Just wait five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got that out of the way. Yep. Um, this is like you know, fellow Minnesotan talk. Do you, you you don't obsess over the weather in Texas, do you?
1: Nope.
2: No. Not at all. Nothing Not at you can all. do about it. Right. No. You just accept. No, we're just ex- used to being uh, hot.
0: Right okay, you two guys have uh all of a sudden become the front of the brochure uh here at cNU um, because because there's a lot of people now and 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 I credit you both because you both have been evangelists on this for the cause really uh there's a lot of people now interested in small scale incremental development. Could I start with you monty i, I could you give us Give us a little bit of a background about how you kind of got started in in this, and okay. and what the what, what the small scale stuff is.
2: Okay, one thing I want to say first is like you know John and I we for years people have been saying Monty you got to meet John. John they've been saying John you got to meet Monty yeah. we just met you know literally it's a couple not, of months ago not right not too long ago more a little more than that but it's been like. We've known each other for our whole lives, so yeah. it's very peculiar. It's very odd, you know, this, this thing. <laughs> You're yeah, like,
1: I usually need to know somebody 20 minutes before I can finish their sentences, but, you know, it was like five. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. But, Perfect. But no, uh, incremental um, urbanism, lean urbanism, what we're talking about, what's at the top of this, this conference right now, is something that I've been doing for like 25 or 30 years, and it wasn't because I was real smart or anything like that. I came from the south side of Dallas, you know, the wrong side of the railroad tracks as it used to be known. And out of desperation, not vision, out of pure desperation, we learned how to do things with nothing and how to, how to start something, you know, to get anything going, just, just anything. And so over the years, we literally learned how to build 500-square-foot kiosks, trailers on the side of the street, up to financing big developments uh, in pieces and so, what happens over time when you when you when you do this is like this real special thing comes about only because we were never had the money to do a big mess up. We mess them up little, right. and Then we mess them up less the next time, and less the next time, hopefully.
1: And you look like a genius in the end. In the
2: end, and yeah. it's really out of desperation and lack of money, right? They're really, lack right?
1: Of it. And I think that's part of the reason why people are so excited about small scale stuff, not out of a sense of, well, this is certainly the right thing to do and I need to go to Harvard and get an MBA to go do it. It's more like, well jeez if Monty can do it. You know, <laughs> right. I, I could certainly do right, it. I'm
0: looking I at this John Anderson guy, if he can figure this stuff out. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well I came at this from a completely different side. You know, I was working in California, which, you know, for development that's training at altitude.
0: Right. Right
1: fairly yeah. tough regulatory environment, which tends to push things into really big, large-scale projects because, you know, the brain damage to do 12 units is about the same as doing 1,200.
2: You're going to get sued either way. Might as well do
1: 1,200. Might as well right. do 1,200. Right. You know, so you end, up, you end up in these large projects that you're essentially kind of betting it all on red. Right. And then you double down, and right. you bet it all on red again. And so, anyway, when the dice came up wrong for me, during the crash and, you know, the recent unpleasantness. Yeah. The smoking crater of, of, of real estate finance. Right. When it went completely sideways because we're, we're working on a 200 acre TND and then I'm diluted out of that. I'm done. I'm barely hanging onto my house. I'm trying to figure out what to do next. David and I rolled, David Kim and I rolled the design side out of the larger development company. And we started looking around for, out of desperation, if finance doesn't come back, what could we, what could we build? Right. Something small. Right. Something small next to that, get it, and aggregate small things into a good project. And then once you kind of come to terms with that and you're not looking through the world, at the world through a lens of large projects, lots of things look like they're possible, you know, things, there's a certain simplicity that comes forward. It's like, well, this is really obvious, we should really do this, right, but this we should not conflate something that's simple with something that's easy, sure, sure, so it's simpler and clearer, but it's hard, but you get to again make your mistakes at a small level, tune things up it's a much more anti fragile approach it's a much more uh, it's approach that's much better for preserving your marriage, you know <laughs> which is important. <laughs>
2: Uh, we yeah. got to ask about that yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, in the session. Yeah, it was interesting. The quality of life you yeah, know, of, yeah. of a developer right? You know who's at risk all the time with everything they own. I, I,
0: I want to I come back to that because you, I've heard you talk before, and John, you know, a little bit too, but you know, you've talked about the, the people you've been able to locate in, in the developments mm-hmm. and the, the, the relationships that you provide. When you're working on a smaller scale and more incremental scale, you actually have to know people right yeah. you actually have to have relationships with people
2: that's right that's um you know I have basically three farms you know I have one in Dallas, you know one in Duncanville, a first ring suburb, and one in middleothian, a second ring suburb and I farm those three fields, those three areas and and by farming those areas just like a farmer you know farmer's tilling the soil and going down the the row every day, and he knows if the weather's change, and he knows what the, what weeds have came up and where there needs to be water. He knows all these things. In a community, it's the same way. If, if you're farming a field, you don't go somewhere else. You farm your field over and over, and that's one way this incremental development works is because you can do one little thing, and it affects other things, and so you're okay with doing the one thing, but by doing that also, when you're going to the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, you know, you get to know things that nobody else knows, that no study will know. You can just sense it and feel it from the street. You know who's moving, you know what's changed, you know who needs space or who's got a downsize in space, you know you know the problems people are having, and therefore you know what to do with the built environment to change it around it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and,
1: and if you're farming an, uh, a neighborhood or a town and you're, you're all in and you're really understanding, you're really committed, you're really married to that place. If you're, you, there are relationships, and you do get to know people if you're doing large-scale projects with national credit tenants. So you get to know the guy who is the location, the the, the land acquisition guy for CVS. You know, but it's a transactional relationship. It's it's right. more like a hookup culture than a marriage. Right, right. And and which is not to say that you know. Well, actually, the the the, the you were going to say it's not to say that
0: hooking up is bad.
1: no. <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm going to be careful walking back from this one, but they in that See, you, you you get far
0: out on these analogies and you get hung by them, right?
1: Well, I need to close this one out, otherwise I'm in trouble. The no, what happens in the large project in that kind of hookup culture? Um, the it, it's a relationship. That's similar to a marriage without the benefit of consensual sex. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not that nobody's getting any. This guy it's just is brilliant. The ter- <laughs> it's not that nobody's getting any. It's just the terms of the exchange may be in some dispute. Sure,
2: yeah. sure.
1: <laughs> okay, I think okay. I close that out. I, I yeah. laugh.
2: I, I laugh at his talk. I've heard it several times now, even though. But I laugh even at the last talk. So oh, I, he changes I, it enough, enough. I do too. <laughs> so.
0: Okay, I, I want to come at this from two perspectives, and the first one is uh, I'm, a, I'm a local government. And, gosh, I'm, I'm struggling. I want to get new investment in, but like a Walmart needs a huge subsidy and the, the downtown place they want to me to tiff like five acres. And I, I, I've got all this stuff. And, and then you come to me and say, kiosk, uh, you know, small building. This just doesn't seem to be sexy enough for me. This doesn't seem to be like progress to me. No. How, how do you how do you push back on that?
1: Well, basically, I don't want you comparing my field mouse to their elephant. They're they're mammals, but it's really different. You know, okay. A field mouse needs a little more care and doesn't actually need a lot of your attention, so why don't you just leave me the heck alone and ignore me for a while until I can impress you with how much your na- your neighborhood is infested with field mice. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I actually don't want a lot of your attention on the front end. Right. And probably I don't need any permission from you to throw up a, a kiosk, particularly if we can give it sort of the air of officialdom. Okay. Okay. Um, i may want to pull you into it because i want momentum i want the chamber of commerce to take the fees in you know we need to kind of make this a a, a flywheel thing but you know it's a it's a small deal it's not really you got important things to do with walmart you don't want to
2: be putting a lot of attention
1: on this yeah yeah what do you think
2: well you know um this is very interesting because this is like a top and center when when uh when doing small incremental development, when you come in and I, and I will build something, it'll be in the middle of this place and it'll have two head-in parking spaces off of a suburban street. And the people will say, what is that? And you'll, they'll just say, why did you put that there? Until you get five to seven more slots or buildings units put up, and then all of a sudden it's like the light comes on. But in that time, in the beginning, versus the Walmart, where you put the big Walmart up and it's all shiny and pretty from day one, these incremental developments look funny sometimes when you're putting them together over time or until you get two houses on both sides of the street where you can see the the way the street looks. So it's 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 financially incrementally you go along, you build something for $100, and it's worth $101, $102, $103, $104, and then about the eighth or tenth year, it's worth $200. Right. All at once. Yeah. Whereas the Walmart, you build it, it goes from $100 up to $120 over five years, and then it goes down to $10 yeah. over the next 20 years. Right. And so you, it's a, it's an incremental small developer or somebody considering rebuilding their town one slot at a time. It's very difficult for the politicians to see when they need satisfaction right now so they can get elected in the next you know in the next uh, season right. it's
1: the so same it's... short attention span that the girls in high school have yeah right right so i'm getting there okay so i mean really smart beautiful incredible women that are going to be able to make your life complete yeah. are somehow attracted to the idiot you know <laughs> uh, the bad boy the terrible right. you know the misogynistic idiot quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, right, right. Okay,
1: so the jocks get the girls, the bad boys get the girls, and then later the the, the steady-on orthodontist will marry well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Yeah. so
1: we want to be the beige, boring guy that's a good, stable stand-up guy that the, the city officials want to rely on after they get over their adolescent crush on Walmart.
2: Yeah, perfect. And you, so it just takes time. And you know... Um... I don't like this economy we're in right now. Yeah, you I mean hate the, it. the bubble economy. This this, this booming money yeah. for nothing and chicks for free economy yeah, exactly. we're in. You know, kind right. of. I don't like it, in, uh because there is there is there is literally no disciplines for these cities and just the stuff running during during the during the years of two thousand and eight, nine, and ten, and eleven. I think we counted up. We built like fifty buildings yeah. during that time. Houses and buildings yeah. all little. When We look back. And you go. Wait a minute. This this was a pretty big development, and it actually happened. Continued on, even when the economy was bad. But right now, during this bubble that we're in, it's scary to me. I don't like it because we have no discipline in our development, and that's where a city, of course, thanks to you, Chuck, and um, of exposing us to the strong towns approach of act- actually measuring measuring the space and what it produces to the city. I mean, I I don't go anywhere where I don't where I'm not measuring the space or talking to a city that way. And sometimes their eyes will, will brighten up and they'll go, oh, my God, what have we done? And many other times, most times, it's like this glazed look. You just yeah, look and they go, yeah. they, so, they just can't get right.
1: it. Yeah. Well, well, but I don't, th- I don't think, I think we need to adjust our expectations, realistically. Yeah, yeah. Sure, because. I don't think you can expect people to do basic math when they're all liquored up. <laughs> right, right. You know, that it, they're. The, the economy's perfect.
0: made us punch, made our cities punch.
1: Exactly. That's yeah. why. So, and I think that the, um, I think also, uh, they're, people feel relieved from having to do the math because they're able to kind of coast along without any consequence. Right. When things start to get consequential, people start to become more measured and more careful. But it, it, it's not like a steady increase of, of attention to detail. It's a kind of a sine wave that where you pay more attention because things are hard. Oh, things got easy again. I'll stop paying attention.
0: Right, right.
1: And so I think that the, the, the municipal math issue, um, the, you, I think you're going to be pointing out things that people don't want to hear for a long time. Yeah. And then you're going to look really prescient, and you're going to have to stay humble because the last thing is somebody, you know, wagging their finger say I told you so. No, right. That's not going to that's not going to get you any better reception.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, you just have to when they do come around it so you know, you know how this is, you've gone and talked to somebody like a year ago yeah. and the next year they come back and tell you, yeah. you know, I mean, you really have to go that is really really outstanding. Bra- gosh, you guys are so smart. <laughs> I'm so glad you. You guys, uh, of course we all influence each other and figure right. this stuff out together anyway, right. so it's yeah. none of us really that's exactly. by ourselves. So let me ask you
0: let me ask you this. If I'm if I'm the city then that gets it, and i i i see I, I want the kiosk I want the small building I want the incremental development. What do I have to do to get out of your way i mean i I hear you saying, look uh you know do we just want you to ignore us and let us have this kind of you know messy process to move this along but what say I say I want to help you what how do I get out of your way how do I, how do I well, allow this to to blossom
1: well the one of the things that happened when we were working in California, uh, where I was working in California, he he had the good sense not to be there. Uh-huh. Uh, so we go through all the brain damage of changing the parking rules and getting a new code adopted and building projects, and you know, we go through all of this. And we thought we would be welcomed like conquering heroes carried in on their shoulders to do work in valley towns yeah. up and down the Central Valley. Right. But, so what happened was... Wait,
0: wait, wait. you worked.
1: Funny story. You know? <laughs> What ended up happening was people would come and tour the projects, yeah, and they would get all excited, you know, and and they would want us to come and develop in their town. And they would, they would sometimes they would have city-owned sites that they would want to give you so that you'd want to do this. Sure, sure. It starts to sound pretty good. Right. And then you get to the point where it's like, okay, you've seen what we're doing here. Would this be legal in your town? Can we do this as of right, just as much as we could build mini-storage in a Walmart, you know? Right. Well no, no. We thought you would also rewrite our zoning code and and <laughs> right. do an environmental impact report and just like you did here. Right. We thought you would have the same brutal learning curve in our town, you know, that you would take care of all that. You know, and it's right. like, no, why don't you call us when it's legal? So I've I've come off of my high horse. I'm no longer looking for municipalities to like make civilization legal again. I know that's a high bar. It's like I'm looking for more kind of methadone solutions. <laughs> I, I I'm not expecting you to get clean. I just want you to be stable. Right. I want you to be able to hold down a job. Right. I want you to do the basics, okay? And the the big test about whether or not a community can do the basics is will you remove the off-street parking requirement?
0: Sure, sure.
1: Because you can't guess how much parking people need, you are really bad at that. That's the
0: that's the brown M and M's in the contract. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: right, yeah, yeah. So basically, here's the test. You know, if you can remove my requirement for off street parking in an urban context, that means you get this. You understand this enough that you'll be a credible partner for me to work with. Yeah. If you can't do that, I'm sorry. You know, you must be at least this tall to get on this ride. Right. You know, <laughs> Yeah. So, if you do the sure. parking thing, then we can talk. All the other stuff, or it's negotiable after that.
2: Okay. I have a simple, simple thing I ask for the cities all the time. So give me, fix the public infrastructure with on-street parking, landscaping, and sidewalks. Show me the building setback line, and leave me alone. And that's it.
0: That's it. That's, that's it. That's all I want.
2: That's, that's all I need. And, then, and you don't have to give me anything. You don't have to. You don't need major incentivize. 60%? Nope. Don't need any at that point. And you know, of course, our our, our pink pink zone and lean urbanism. You know, this in the in the CNU right now. That's yeah. being is has got just a lot of lot of good. I mean, it's just full of of good nuggets and and uh, uh, ways. You know, and, of course, they're going to get that thing in a in a book that's going to actually show what to do. But I think it may even be more lean than what they're you know what they're doing because. Literally, if you just if you think about it, cities were built this way, right Cities built were built this way in the beginning, and they were all built beautiful. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I think that there could be a, a pretty easy stair step you know, between Mahdi's <laughs> me a give me a reasonable a grown-up street and show me the building line and leave me alone, right. to my okay, take this extra step. don't tell me how much parking you think I need.
2: You know, right. based yeah, do on what with the parking requirements yeah the yeah. market right. yeah. so you
1: know the, and then the the next step up from that would be, well, if you really want to get our attention, if you set up a pink zone, that'd be great. Now, a pink zone it's pink because it's the place where the red tape has been lightened, not removed altogether, just lightened. Yeah. a couple of simple things, so we're not looking for people to create administrative nirvana for us. you know we just need a noticeably less crappy version of what you got. Sure, sure. All right, let me switch up. I'm no longer a city. I am
0: someone who, uh, you know, went to college, got a degree, hate the job that I'm in, wound up working at the night shift at Walmart. I I really think this development stuff sounds great. I kind of care about my city. I want to make it better. I want to build nice places, um, but I don't. I I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of access to capital. But I
1: are you I, living in a crappy garden apartment up you know, by the highway? I, I
0: I am. I'm living one step up from the van down by the river. Right. Okay. I, 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 how how does this message reach me? Why why should I be here at CNU listening to you guys?
2: Oh, I don't know. I think
1: you have no life. That's why. <laughs> You need to get out. Sounded
2: more. pretty right. good for a moment there. Bound by the river. Yeah, yeah. Not much yeah. good views. You know, yeah. right, 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 Low right. overhead. Yeah. Yeah. Well I, I well I you know, when I first started hanging around CNU, and you and, and it, it took me a long time to understand this form this form thing and how important the space between the, the buildings were. But once I figured that out, it just changed everything. You know I mean? Just everything is, is, is based off of that now. So yeah, if you're, you 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 have a want to be a developer, you want to you want to make a difference in your community, you want to change your community. I don't like the word developer anymore. I just don't like it. But community builder or town builder, wherever you're at. So you you don't have any money. You want to make a name for yourself. You're living in this apartment. You don't have anything. I mean, the one thing that I think that all developers ought to have to do is go down and figure out where the where there's a piece of land in the downtown that's missing a building. And pretend that you're building a building on that piece of land out of tents, and you've got to go in and get the permission of the landowner. You have got to get the permission of the city. You've got to you've got to lay the tents out. You've got to lease the tents. You have got to put people in the tents, and, you, and and actually you can have them bring their own tents because you don't have any money. Because right. you don't have even. Right. And you and you lay that out, and you pretend that you're building, and that gives a wannabe developer, a new developer, a new town builder. Okay. The the all the same skills, but you get immediate satisfaction. You become attractive to the city because it'll be cool, and you become maybe attractive to certain capital, bankers, lenders, tenants around town, and the people that, that come to your tents then now begin to get famous and making a little money, and their pickles are great, and now they can rent a space or a building partner with you in a building or the kiosk It'd be the tent, the trailer, the kiosk, the, the owner-occupied single-tenant building, the fourplex, the mixed-use, you know, two-story building. Incentive man. Yeah, yeah. The, scent of the same, and you yeah. can, you can. Uh, that, that's how, that's how you can do that in a way that the quality of life of this person living on the on the river in a garden apartment, you know, actually can start and and actually uh, get the discipline and training. And you know what's good about this? It don't matter what economy we're in. Right. And you gotta find the right place. You wanna, you wanna be very careful because you wanna make sure that the person in that tent or in that trailer or in that kiosk is making money. So you have to really think about the end, the end user and you learn to do that in a, in an evolution process that makes total sense. Instead of, you know, instead of doing it the other way, go out and raise a bunch of capital that you possibly never will be able to pay back and do a project that you do not have the disciplines or the
1: knowledge to do right, right, so you go from having nothing to having less than nothing and a bad reputation. Yeah,
2: right, right. So and you have to learn to lie and cheat and steal probably along the way because you, you just are desperate because uh, you've got yourself in a mess. Right. Right.
1: right. Yep. It was it was closing time at the bar and you made some bad life decisions. Right. <laughs> um, well, I think there's also a there's a parallel track to that uh, to the to the to the pop up tent effort. And because I believe in the redemptive power of hanging and finishing drywall, yeah, so if you're working at Walmart, Thank you. Um, the opportunity to get started in the building trade, doing work that other people find difficult and frustrating and and threatening to their health, you know, basically go pay your dues in a highly visible way. you know so if you're the guy uh, hanging drywall and finishing drywall and you know, apartment renovations and things like that. You get exposed to how buildings work, yeah. you know, at a very low overhead. Yeah. So you can be a drywaller with a bucket of tools that's in the back of your rusted yeah. out trussel, right? Okay, right. And you get exposed to buildings, and you see how that works, and you get to know people, and they get to trust you. But you don't escalate from that to a four-story mixed-use building right away. Right. You look for what are the increments of a building I could buy and renovate. What are the bu- The what? What could I build? That single-story mm-hmm. uh, building. What, you know, if I could just be around other people that are doing it, what can I learn by osmosis? The other thing, then that also gives you a great story later. You can say, well, you know, I started out hanging drywall in those god awful buildings down by the tracks. You know, oh, you poor guy. You know, I started out as an electrician. Sure. And I get to tell that story. Right. Um, for a lot of people. You, you started out doing what? As a professional motocross. As a motocross
2: guy. Yeah. Right. And then an activist and then a real estate agent. Yeah. And then, and it's, you know, it's, that's why I like the architects and planners and people. As an activist, you have the same, you know, you get out of school, you want to build a great city as an activist. I wanted to see my cities be better. Yeah. And how can I do that? Yeah. How can I do that and make money? Because it takes money to to be you know sustainable. These student loans, right? <laughs> yes. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The development the developer thing came along as a as a result of no one wanting to come into these to these spaces that I was working in uh, to do the work. No one would come, so we had to figure out how to do it ourselves. Yeah. Which is like every little town in the United States all over the place. Yeah, so. yeah. And you know, is a, is that wannabe or that early town builder or infill? We're thinking we're trying to think of a better name than developer or, or, or rookie developer, but as that early town builder, the other thing that that happens is if you build a little building and you rent it, you can't do another one because all your credit's tied up. So this is where it's really uh, uh, where the X factor comes in, I believe, in these towns, is that you need to sell that building to to the entrepreneur or build it with the entrepreneur. So the entrepreneur now is a stakeholder, and then you can use your credit and go on to the the next one. The entrepreneur is actually
1: going to be the tenant in the building, He's may well own the yeah. building. You just need to work out the mechanics. And
2: we're building sure. wealth. We're transferring wealth back into the hands of the middle class. Right. And then, right. especially in minority communities that I work in, never, there's never been a wealth transfer. You know, there's been this this sliding, this middle class sliding off into the depths of the poor. And, and I believe that we can change that by changing the ownership of this real estate in in towns and build these towns incrementally. And that way, the 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 the, the the activist town builder can actually, or architect, planner, town builder, can actually build good things and keep doing it one at a time, on the, and on.
1: And also, the sort of economy that, I mean, in a, in a place where you're not creating wealth and fo- national chains are basically strip mining what, what little disposable income people yeah. have and taking yeah. it out of town, there's no flywheel in the local economy. It's just being strip mined. So to have people have a stake in their town and recycle money within the town, being able to do that kind of math, you know, and, 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 and in essence teaching folks in civic leadership that that's important, that's half the battle. So I think that the opportunity to kind of teach to the test, to find somebody that uh, has a business, you know, incubate them from tent to kiosk to building so that they're, they're anchored in the place. And as the place comes up, That person is not fighting for rentable space with Starbucks, who can pay more. That person owns their own building.
2: That's right. Right. It's back to the farming thing too. You know, if it got a farm field out here with all my my uh, peach trees out here, one of them doesn't work so good. You know, I have to take it down. I've still got all these these other peach trees. You know uh, that are performing. So in an area where I'm farming and doing little projects like this, and, and getting other stakeholders to be with me, I've got all these. Like if I have a project in the middle of them, and I've got all these stakeholders, they're like guards around my around my little asset, my jewel. Yeah, yeah. And and it's the other the opposite of a normal developer coming into a town and saying, "I'm going to sneak around and get all the property." In this way, I've got my property. Now I'm helping you and helping other people. Uh, improve their properties or fix them up or, or add access, accessory dwelling units to them or add a second floor on so the city and all the people in it all become wealthy there's it's not like you you come in and have to be the king have to be the king of main street right, or do you're that.
0: saving the town yeah i'm yeah.
2: not i can't save the town right i mean it has to be done uh, together uh well all of us together, well, together also if if
1: if you think you have to save the town and you project that and people would like to believe that someone else should come in and save the town. Yeah. There's going to be a very, very bad codependent very relationship established yeah. there.
2: Will not work long term. Yeah. That so you work.
1: need you need people to recognize that they've got a stake. Right. And you can help, but you can't do it all. I want to ask you guys. Uh,
0: you, you, you've been successful in, in what you have done as a practice. But the, the thing that's unique about the two of you is that you, you also have this evangelism streak to you. And I, I don't know. I mean, you're a fellow Minnesotan. Some of it might be the need for self-validation, right? because Like
1: a low self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, fine. exactly. That's you know. fine, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, why, why are you doing this? I mean Because I, I see both of you mentoring young people getting into this. And it's not because those young people are going to benefit you financially in any way. I, I see you, too, actually genuinely wanting people to succeed at this. What, what, what's that other motive you have that's driving for, you?
2: For me, um, it's like this. When I was growing up in this business, really, there wasn't anybody telling me the secret handshake or the trade secrets. You know, we just had to learn that. And it was, very, it was a very odd uh, environment for doing that, keeping it all to yourself. And what I realized is that the few made money and the rest didn't. And and looking at this and looking back, I had a couple of wealthy people die recently. And when they died, they were there, and and I looked at the money that they left, what they left and how cold it was, how it didn't, how the the attorneys and people were fighting versus what they did and what I remember them for. One of them was built a restaurant chain, but I remember about like his first restaurant, which he cared about. He loved that, that place. And so at the end of the day, then they went, It's all graduation times here for all of us. It's got to be. It's got to be there. It's like, really, what, what, do, what did you do? What did you do? What did I do for my grandkids? What did I do? And it's, it's not because I'm some great guy or something. It's just because I care about like some of the people that I care about. My grandkids—they're very important. And if I do care about them, one day when they're grown, they're 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 sitting out there looking at a big old sea of concrete in front of a a shopping center and going. You know what was it all about, Grand? You know, right? You did. What this. was? Yeah. Why did you, you do Grandpa? this? Did you? What, was this? Did, what, right. did, what happened here? Right? Did you not care about us at all? Right? Did you just really not care about us? And so I think about that all the time, and I think John, of course, let him tell. But I think he, he, you know, obviously we both thinking thinking a lot about this. So yeah. well,
1: yeah. the um, I've been kind of uh, a foot in in two camps. Ever since I got involved in CNU, um, because I've been involved in production building, when I'm there, um, people think that I'm some sort of crazy arm waving, you know, black turtleneck design weirdo. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah, right.
1: And then when I come to CNU, I'm the practical builder guy. Right, I'm the, I'm the same guy. <laughs> right, you know, right. But I've always kind of like bouncing back and forth, and felt like an outsider in both places. Mm-hmm. And. What yeah. I've been seeing happen over the years with CNU, because there are a lot of policy and design people involved. You know, um, I love those people. I love the vision. I love the precision. The attention to the future. Um, the, um, but I also I love my guys on the job side. I love that guy you know with a bucket of tools out of the back of his Trucell. You know, right? And I just think that the when we divided, you know, the the craft of building. Into the design professions and the building trades, and then we glue that back together with symbolic drawings and what could possibly go wrong you <laughs> right. know when we set up that world uh, we really we established two very different cultures that really need each other you know so it's like uh, you know it's like you're you're a, a trader on the road you know between two cities that both have things the other ones need, and you're making money in the middle right and so you know, and you, you get to know people and you think, God, you know, you should really know Bob. Bob could really help you solve your problems, you know. Bob yeah. the builder, you yeah. know. Oh, you should know Jim the architect. Jim could really help you. So I've been feeling that tension for such a long time. And in CNU, we see so much, you know, there's so much frustration about trying to get things implemented. We have really great principles. We have really great tools. If only people would listen to our wise counsel, you know, the world would be a better place. And it's like, and so anybody who can put up a pop-up tent and make things work is treated like some sort of witch or alchemist. You know, it's like, you implemented urbanism. Right. You're awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, dude, we put up a tent. Right. You know? Right. So to, to pull, you know, so feeling that tension between those two groups and kind of you, you care about those people, we, we need to build that capacity in the middle, you know, yeah. that, that little sliver of the Venn diagram needs to get really big right and, and also the big developers are not going to downshift and do small things you know the they're not
0: what, what's going to happen to them
1: well I mean keep,
0: we're, we're throwing money at them today to no end
1: I, I, to oh. me, they
0: seem like the dinosaur in this ecosystem, yeah. but oh, yeah
1: well, and a dinosaur needs how many tons of biomass every day
0: right, right, right.
1: We need we need more squirrels that can live for a week on six acorns, you know, because our environment is going to be changing a lot, right. you know? and you may not be able to get six tons of biomass to support a tyrannosaur. Right. You
2: know? So being from South Dallas, you know, I got used to dealing with being on you know having six months, nuts you know a day right. for all these years, and so it's really uh, interesting that this comes about now. But if you think about a city right now. The cities, all of them are bankrupt. Every single one are bankrupt. Because they're the only kind of business that you know of that can just continue to raise taxes when bankruptcy date comes again. Right. And so the, the waste of this dinosaur developer, whether it be city or private sector developer, it's all the same. Or exotic private public partnership developers. Yeah, or these, right, right. They build Jeez. these things. Hybrid development. That the math doesn't work on, you know, that you haven't done the, the, the math on. It's just unbelievable, and that was the reason when I discovered CNU. When I discovered CNU, it was one of those. There are several things that have changed my life, but one of them was the day I discovered CNU. Yeah. One of them was the day I discovered Strong Towns and started doing the math. Yeah. Started really going, oh my God, this stuff. This, how can you? We're interested. How can you yeah. not do it this yeah. way? How can you not do it? Yeah. You know, how, right. What is right? What have you not seen? Have you not looked yeah. at the numbers? The numbers don't lie. Right.
1: Well, but I, I, in fairness, I think we need to recognize that we're going to have to build a better world with people who are at least as stupid as we are. Right. Yes,
0: absolutely. We have we, have, we to have
1: something kind of dummy-proof. Or dummy-resistant to, dummy atlas- to three atmospheres, sure. know, like a right. good watch. Yeah. But I think that the, when we look ahead and we, we think about what are the prospects for the large developers, I think that basically large developers will make large uh... advances and large defeats everything will operate at that scale and we need an entirely different strata of things that are more sustainable more more uh, resilient more more anti-fragile that are going to sustain us that are valid models that can scale up scale down so i think that what will happen is the things will run in parallel for a long time it'll be like imperial you know english system tools and metric tools at a certain point Detroit started making all their stuff metric because they were selling cars internationally.
2: When you talk about the dummies. You know, like here, it's like it's like us. We've been doing this work for all these years. And so John and his partner, David, come along and, like, take something as simple as a house that we've been doing. We're having trouble executing and making profit up. And they come in and dumb it down for me and show me some way that's so simple that you would think you you just how could you not see this? Yeah, dummy. Yeah, you know, how yeah, could yeah. You, and Evan going, oh my gosh, look at this. We can we can build this. We can actually build it, implement this, and implement beauty. Of course, th- which is the reason that CNU exists in the first place is that if the streets are beautiful and the public realm is right, the houses can be less complicated right. and look beautiful right. with the, with the rest of the right. city. All but that's what what they've been doing with us is showing us you know, how you can do this. Uh, hopefully use less sheets of sheetrock and less countertop and less screws yeah. and less, you know, and do Isn't the that same awesome. thing.
1: Yeah, less, less of that but more better. Right. But, well, but to, to Monty's credit, I mean, he's been doing so many one-off make it work, you know, hold it together with baling wire and d- bubble gum. Because we came out of larger scale stuff, we had to work in a systematic way. We can only get so much room away from the stupid way of doing things we can only shift things so much, so we have to do it systematically, so Monty shows us all the problems he 's got in his collect- in his amazing collection of one off stuff and and he says, "Oh, I got these really hellacious problems and i 'm like, well dude, we got something in the back that we'll just patch that right up you
0: know? <laughs> yeah that's awesome. simple it
2: was awesome. that simple it took us it took us many years to yeah. you know it 's like abraham lincoln said i 'm sorry i didn 't have time to." write you a short letter. Yeah. You know, sorry, this letter Right, right. I yeah. didn't have time right. you know, I didn't to have do time. a so, one. It took 20 years arrogant. to right. figure out how to do this simply. You know? yeah. So All we right. hope we can pass that simple, these techniques yeah. where the 20-year-olds of today that are coming up, do not have to have that that paint. Like well, we I, had.
1: Oh, i got to tell you about where we just came from. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That we was had great. the we that had the really... second annual rookie developers breakfast. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Which basically get coffee and go stand in the park. Yeah. You <laughs> know. And the it was what <laughs> yeah, really 80 yeah. people? Yeah. Uh, and these and so it was a combination of some salty gray hair people that don't want other younger folks to repeat their mistakes. Right. So there was there were all these little clusters of mentor and protege. Yeah. Uh, there was a big circle of, of all the women rookie right. developers, you know, who yeah. are going to be. He took the women. Right. I, you I, volunteered for yeah. that. Yeah. 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 You know. It's, you know, it took it's a for tough the team. job, right? You know, yep. <laughs> well, and they, you know, we I got them organized, and they immediately kicked me out of the group. So, <laughs> so the the uh, I'm not stupid. I know. Yeah. So the so but that group. Uh, has so many good questions, and, yeah. and we think that basically the uh, the chance to connect them with each other yeah. so that a network of infill builders that are quickly learning from each other can exponentially expand that network and there 'll be a lot of strength to that sure so I think the number of sessions next year they 're going to revolve around emerging small scale development is going to also Kind of explode. Either that, or there'll be people yeah. drinking coffee
2: in the park for a longer period of time. Right. right. I, I like the the women developers, you know, because women will actually admit they're wrong, or or it, some, yeah. not not all no, I mean, some I, of the time, I totally but in business you. they will they will admit and make an adjustment. Whereas men, some of us men, I mean, like me, I'm just hard-headed you know i can just keep going no matter what even right. though it's not a good and don't want to admit you know that i'm wrong right it's so culturally
0: th- more acceptable for a, yeah. a, a woman to say this is really stupid yes and they're yeah. in intu-
2: the intuitions that they have and the listening abilities are probably superior you know generally speaking nothing's well, ever yeah. absolute, but that's not but- entirely
1: fair what they get to do is observe men doing stupid shit and then say <laughs> no that's stupid you know. <laughs> okay, so anybody can be a good critic if bad example is bad enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I have uh, I have long thought that if I were to to staff fire departments and police departments, that I would I would ensure that they're half female. Yeah. Just because th- there's nobody to tell these dumb men how dumb they are. Right? Yeah. 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 No, I totally hear you. Yeah. Um, we gotta go. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh sure, always. Thanks, check. And uh, it's nice to chat. I, I I love the work you guys are both doing. So you Uh, too enjoy the rest of your CNU
2: thank you thank you that america's one big pothole right now bill 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 that's the story
0: chuck Morone, this has been fascinating
2: oh, i like you i like your vision of the of the world